You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. On the 15th of September at uh, 7.55 Eastern Daylight Time in the United States, NASA's Deep Space Network, in fact in Canberra, Australia, one of the big receivers for that network is based in Canberra. It received the final signals ever Mm. from the Cassini spacecraft before, as expected, it burned up in the atmosphere of Saturn. They did this deliberately because they didn't want any possible microbes that were on board that spacecraft to pollute or introduce anything from Earth to the pristine moons, Mm. particularly Enceladus they were concerned about because that's where they found it. One day we'll head to, you know, try to head there and discover that. Absolutely. Yep, they're already talking about dedicated missions to go out there and investigate more of Enceladus to sample the, the plumes to find out if there's any microbes on that little body, only 500 kilometres diameter, but a very active world. And also Titan, the giant moon out at Saturn, has been a fascinating place for them to look at. There's lots of data. The only other body in, in the solar system that's got liquid on the surface, the lakes they found there are comprised of methane and ethane. So the temperature is about minus 180 Celsius, but kind of an analogue to what water is on Earth. Mm-hmm. So a very interesting place for them to investigate further as well kind of a bittersweet moment it's a 20 year old mission they launched back in 1997 took seven years to get out there in the last 13 years they've been in orbit around saturn Mm -hmm. investigating those moons finding amazing stuff at uh, enceladus the the plumes that they discovered there the water plumes there's tidal flexing that's going on inside that that's heating up the interior there's believed to be a large ocean beneath the ice at enceladus and that's one of the places where they'd like to look for life Mm -hmm. it's also believed that there's a, a subsurface ocean on Titan as well. So there's another place that they... How they actually get through the ice down yeah. into that is a bit harder on Titan. But in Enceladus's case, they're actually... There are these plumes, there's these eruptions through fissures in the surface mm-hmm. that are allowing this material to escape and it actually forms one of the diffuse rings around the main ring system of Saturn. So that was all new stuff they didn't know before Cassini. One question that I think is interesting is that they did land a lander, which is from Earth, called the Huygens lander. It went out with Cassini, was released the beginning of the mission and landed early in 2005. Now, that potentially did introduce microbes Mm -hmm. from Earth to the surface of Titan, but they kind of figured that with the rest of the spacecraft, they were out of propellant anyway, Mm -hmm. so they were going to have trouble navigating and controlling the trajectory of the spacecraft, so they thought they'd just deliberately crash it into the upper atmosphere where it eventually... It's all gas, really. Yeah, it's it's a gas giant, that's right. So there's no proper surface. It will have been crushed by as the density of that gas increases on your way down into Saturn. It burned up like an asteroid would have, so there's Mm -hmm. nothing left of that at all. Some of the highlights that were covered in that mission, and there is a great YouTube video. It's called NASA Recap Saturn End of Mission. That's on YouTube now, and that gives you a really good recap of what I'm talking about now. If you want to watch that, I would recommend it. I watched it last night. It's fascinating. The science highlights, the Titan seas are methane-rich. Titan seas are primarily composed of pure liquid methane. The second largest sea is primarily methane they've seen these they weren't actually able to use an optical camera to look through the thick cloud the haze that covers titan they had to use radio waves Mm -hmm. bounced off the surface and that's where they saw these lakes and that's how they were able to map the surface of titan which they've done they detected interstellar dust they found opaque areas of saturn's rings are, are less massive than expected they also were able to fly between the 
upper atmosphere and the inner edge of the rings. They did this in the last 20 orbits that the Cassini orbiter did. Mm-hmm. They weren't even sure whether that was clear space, but in fact, they found a lot less dust than there than they expected to. So yeah. there is a clear break between the inner edge of the rings and the top of the atmosphere. The Enceladus jets was a major discovery. One of the places they'd like to look for life beyond Earth is at Enceladus. And there is even talk of sending a dedicated mission to study Enceladus in greater detail. Mm. They've learned a lot about how to get the maximum out of their orbits. They managed to photograph most of the moons. They discovered new moons out there. I think there's an excess of 60 moons at Saturn. They found summer clouds forming in the atmosphere of Titan. That was unexpected. They found steep flooded canyons on Titan. Cassini launched in 1997 from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station in Florida and arrived at Saturn in 2004. NASA extended its mission twice, first for two years and then for seven more. The second mission extension provided dozens of flybys of the planet's icy moons using the spacecraft's remaining rocket propellants along the way. Now, this was the reason why the end of the mission happened. That grand finale that we've just witnessed on September 15 was because they'd run out of fuel Mm -hmm. and they wanted to control what happened to the spacecraft. They could have actually kept it in orbit and it could have snapped some photos, kind of in a bit of a random way. Mm -hmm. You know, if we get close to that, we'll take a photo of that, just opportunism. But the risk was that they might crash it into one of the moons. They did go through a pretty careful sanitizing process for the spacecraft and the Huygens land. Mm-hmm. before they launched but they know from from camera lenses that went to the moon that uh, microbes can survive in space for extended sure. periods of time so there was a possibility that they hadn't been 100 percent with that cleaning process yeah. so while they may have polluted titan with earth organisms mm-hmm. the other moons they did have control over what happened to the, the main spacecraft which yeah. is about the size of a bus one of the most amazing things i thought of uh, that, that came out of that not uh, not just the plumes of enceladus which i've already mentioned but that hexagon over the north pole which they photograph they'd actually noticed it earlier in earlier missions i think the voyager spacecraft had first spotted that hexagon when they got back there with cassini they were amazed to find this hexagon over the north yeah. pole and it's a very unusual shape to see in the atmosphere mm. of a, a planet you know what causes that what what keeps it where it is what sort of forces are driving the weather system around that hexagon that to me was one of the most mysterious and sort of odd things that, that was focused on there some great high-res photos that have been taken of that it was a multi-billion dollar mission it involved the european space agency italian space agency and nasa it was built and developed by the jet propulsion laboratory it is sad that it's over but it seems that they've done the most responsible thing with the spacecraft in deliberately crashing it into the atmosphere i will miss it it's something that I've kept close eye on and, and one of the great things that was really fun to do was to go to the raw images page on the Cassini website that's satin.jpl.nasa.gov it's still up there all the photos and stuff are up there usually within 24 to 48 hours of a photo being snapped out at Saturn you'd be able to see it as a mm. raw image and you could search you could you could specify whether you want to look at Saturn whether you want to look at a particular moon with or a, narrow, or something. Or a yeah. narrow or wide angle camera that was just the imaging side of that there were I think there were a dozen instruments they had spectrometers which were uh, able to you know just from the light of a, of a moon or of the ring system they were able to get an idea of what the composition was mm-hmm. a fantastic mission a very expensive spacecraft to build but they didn't have any glitches with it it just kept on working all the instruments worked perfectly it went into orbit perfectly the navigation was second to none they used titan as this anchor to orbit they do a big swing around titan fairly close into titan which allowed them to study titan and then they'd use that 
slight variations in, in the proximity and the angle that they went around Titan to direct them elsewhere in the Saturnian mm-hmm. system. And they've got reams of data which they're only just beginning to come to grips with. The legacy of this mission is going to be that they've got lots of data to still work on and to, to draw on to try to explain what they're seeing. But they think that maybe the rings are a lot younger than were previously thought. And what that could mean is that a large object has collided with a moon or moons of Saturn or even possibly with the planet itself broken up and the fragments that have been left over from this Mm -hmm. icy collision Mm -hmm. through gravitational interactions have been herded over time into this incredibly smooth set of rings that we see which were very thin they're about 10 meters thick and hundreds of thousands of kilometers wide it is the crown jewel of the solar system Mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful objects that's there the ring system makes it but also that retinue of of 60 odd moons out there is also a fascinating thing that makes a mini solar system in its own right thanks for listening and head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media we welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows